Hello and welcome to Inspired, your grown-up girl talk. I'm Stacy Fleece, co-hosting as always with Samantha Tradelius. Good morning, Samantha. How are you? Morning, Stacy Fleece. I'm doing well. A little bit like hair on fire, um, which I feel is like school's back in, life is nuts again, and there's just simply not enough hours in the day. I just want you to know, though, that today I'm wearing the skirt, the hand-me-down skirt you gave me. Oh, God, this is great. Yeah, I'm feeling very good about it. I'm feeling, I'm feeling, um, I'm feeling very, it makes me very happy. So thank you for the skirt. You got Uh, it. It's a good one. Yeah. So, okay. So today there's, I, there's nothing I love more than a beauty product that solves a multitude of problems. And whether those problems are being able to travel with, having too many products to buy, not doing what it's supposed to do. Um, it's it's all encompassing. And so today we have Sherry Munson from CLM Creations, who has the most amazing creation to talk about. Sherry, I'm so happy to have you here. Well, thank you. I'm so honored to be here, too. I, I'm really enjoying this. This is good. Um, this is good. Yeah. She's, yeah. This is, this is, we love a creator. We love someone who's made something. It's fun. It's good. And you have, so your background, Yeah, this is really career number two for you. Career number one was really in sales executive position. And uh, now you've gone to entrepreneur creator, which also is a little bit in your blood. <laughs> tell, us, tell us a little bit about that. Well, I had been working for a, a regional natural gas company that um, for the last 26 years as a sales consultant, working in the new market development area. So anything new construction I was involved in. And before that, so if you're talking about when I started creating my product, uh, I had to stop perming my hair when I decided to start coloring for gray, because I thought that would be way too many chemical processes to put into my poor hair. So I started looking for a product, uh, a hair tool to do, to, to make my hair look like it did when I had a perm. <laughs> it took me probably about five years to figure it out because I tried every single curling iron, crimping iron. It got to the point where I'd have to dry my hair first, then I'd have to crimp it. And it just got to be really frustrating. Finally, I, I decided to try a diffuser on a blow dryer. Actually, I had the diffuser when I had my perm. So I thought, well, what? I'm going to try it with with the blow and dryer. And those diffuser. big ass things that go on the end with the little spikes coming out. Like they're not insignificant pieces. of <laughs> They're gigantic. Yes. They are. And they're very hard to travel with. I'll tell you that. Yeah. So when I finally realized that that was the only way I wanted to do my hair, I thought, how am I going to travel? I have tried everything. I tried pulling bristles out of brushes so that they would be further apart. I tried, I I don't even know how many things I tried. Um, So what I did is finally I thought, okay, well, I'm going to take part my my diffuser, a little piece of my diffuser, and I thought I'd put it into like a silicone sleeve that I could put onto a blow dryer, any blow dryer. The first blow dryer on vacation I had after that idea came about was rectangular. Mm. Of course it was. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Almost any blow dryer is what you meant. Mm -hmm. I guess. (laughs) (laughs) You would think most blow dryers are actually round. In fact, I don't think I've ever seen a rectangular one until I was in Mexico that year. Mm -hmm. 
So I, I limped by, by just kind of finagling it onto the rectangular blow dryer for a while for that week. And then when I got back to uh, Minnesota, I said, okay, this is not going to work. What else can I do? So I thought, well, I use a round brush to do my bangs sometimes. Why couldn't I put this on the end of a brush handle? Mm-hmm. And there, that was the beginning. I so took, the, the, I took the, that little the, piece. Go ahead. The vision of you putting it, uh, putting the round uh, silicone sleeve on a rectangle hairdryer. I'm, I'm getting vibes of the Apollo 13 scene where they dump out <laughs> all the stuff on the table, and it's like we need to get this square thing into this round thing, and yeah. So that right. is so that is so correct. It, it, <laughs> that's exactly what happened. I said, "How can I do this?" So then you have this idea. So then you got to take it to somebody to make it, right? Well, to be honest with you, I was just trying to figure out how to do it for myself. Mm-hmm. I never really intended on patenting patenting anything or running a business of my own. That was kind of something I really didn't want to do. My sister and brother-in-law was do- were doing it. And I'm just like, you know, I don't want to deal with that kind of. But when you solve a problem, that that is a business idea. You solved a problem for you, but there's no way that you were the only person that has this issue. And, and I figured that after a few years. So what happened is I kept watching for it because I figured, well, once I figure it out, someone else is going to have it on the market. No, no problem. It'll happen. It Five years went by. My hairstylist, my sister were both saying, you need to patent this. You need to do something about this. I said, I can't afford to. Um, so we just kept going around and around. And finally, I said, OK, my gut said to me one year. It was in 2019, and it was the weirdest thing because I said it turned out that my uh, my our financial planner's husband was a patent attorney. So I said, okay, Danica, who can I get to talk to about a patent? I just want to just want to explore it. Want to figure out how much it's going to cost. So I had a meeting with them. I talked to them. I sat down. I looked at the numbers. I just about freaked out. How much I, was I, it? How much was it? Anywhere from five to 10 grand. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's expensive. Not I cheap. thought, well, back then for me, it was. I but still, five, that kind of money. That's still a lot of money. It's still expensive. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I sat down and I started thinking about how we could do it. And I said to my husband, I said, Mark, we have to do this. It was just a, just a gut feeling. I had to do it. And I, I still believe that something, uh, some spiritual being was, knocking on my door because my father had passed away has has been gone now for nine years and so he'd already been gone and he was also kind of an inventor at heart he never patented anything because they couldn't afford anything either to patent either it's expensive so so i think it was i think it was just basically him saying you got to do this so how do you just design a product i mean you're like okay cool i think we're you know go through various trials or whatever I know you were initially designing it for yourself, but I mean, are, are you like duct taping a, like a hairbrush handle to a rake? Like, how is this? How I don't is this happening? How does this come together? <laughs> you, you'd be amazed. I'm actually kind of creative. And my husband has always said to me over the years, he said, what are you going to destroy now? <laughs> <laughs> so I took 
lucky for me, my husband's kind of mechanically inclined, so he can do a lot of the mechanical stuff that I want him to do. So I took a brush and I said, okay, it's a square. It's, it's like a square head on it. I said, take out everything in the side. I had found another brush that actually had, um, had holes in it. Once you took out, it was hard to explain, but it had holes in it. Once you remove the bristles, they were like plastic bristles. And then they had like little square holes. And I discovered that the diffuser that I was using, I started pulling off the, believe it or not, I started breaking off fingers on the diffuser I was using. And uh, it was so funny because they fit in these holes. And I said, okay, I got to find a brush that I can put this in and I can like, honest to God, all I did was zip tie it. Okay, so I wasn't too I, far off with the duct tape. Zip tie like, oh, I suck as a human being. Cause like, I do not have the inventive gene, Stacey. I'm not inventive. Like I can speak I. in front of a crowd. I can rally the troops, but getting a zip, like I wouldn't even put those two together. I would be like, I don't know. I just, be, this is why we have you Sherry. And to be honest with you, it was my husband that came up with that idea. Well, you know what? It was a team effort. Yes. Team effort. So you get this thing zip tied, then you got to go take it somewhere to build it, right? So what I did then is we we designed it. We, we did the patent off of that design because I kind of figured out exactly how I wanted to design it so that I could protect myself. Because what I did was a design patent, not a utility patent. I thought a utility patent might be tough because there's a lot of brushes out there that claim that they can volumize hair. Mm-hmm. And I thought, I think I'm going to go for design because that way then I can protect it against people coming up with something similar. So I created a semi-round um, look to it because I wanted to protect it against a round a round diffuser and a square diffuser. Mm-hmm. Nice. And so I also protected it so that it would not need the middle fingers in it. So mm-hmm. I kind of did a design to take those out of the picture. It's amazing what patents can do. You can take things out of the picture. For instance, a handle. I said, there's no way I'm going to have that handle look exactly like that. I'm protecting it against any kind of handle. Mm-hmm. So you take the handle out of the picture. So it comes down to just the head is what's protected. It's kind of interesting how it all works. Super interesting. Yeah. Have you ever had to go after anybody over your patent? Not yet, because I haven't sold enough to make it uh, to the point where they want to come after me. So I'm okay. To be honest with you, it would be kind of nice if I came after me because then I would know I'd be I was successful. Right. Well, I think you're on the path of of definitely doing something. So now you get this this product made. Now you're out there. Now, how are you selling it? Like, are you 100% online? Like, how are you getting your product out there? Okay, so quick, go back one one more step. I wanted to, first of all, all I want to do was to license it. So mm-hmm. what I did is I had my nephew who has a 3D printer make these designs for me. So we 3D printed like 20 prototypes that we were slowly figuring out how it would work the best. I mean, we were asking people, we were finding out things were wrong. We we, re, we redid the handle a couple of times. 
things like that. And I had other people using it so I could verify that it was actually successful for other people to use too. So then after I had my diagnosis of cancer in 2020, I had breast cancer. We didn't know that wasn't part of the program. That was in my bio. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on a second. Did that part, I mean, that's kind of something that's derailing in its own right. Yeah, it was. I think it's interesting that you you had you were developing this product really out of necessity because you weren't perming your hair anymore. And then here you are, breast cancer survivor, thinning hair. There's a whole nother market need for this. Exactly. And that's why I decided it was time to manufacture and sell. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm which was another journey in itself, finding a manufacturer. Tell us about that. Cause that feels like the part that might be the hardest part. Honestly, I think it was, I didn't think it would be, but it really was. I had originally designed this online under Proto Labs, which does free design, free, um, they call it uh, free advice on how to do your design. And it turned out I couldn't use them after all because at the last minute I decided to create that attachment so that it would actually look more like a diffuser and it would probably work better for curly hair as well as straight hair. Mm-hmm. And I found out they could not they could not manufacture that attachment. So then I started going out looking online for more people to talk to. I had a friend of mine who actually was doing injection molding with uh, an injection with a manufacturer for medical supplies. And I went to him and he was really excited about it until the very end when we decided I was going to go forward. He said, you know, I only do industrial things right now. I don't want to do a consumer product and I don't want to start with yours. Oh, so he took you all the way to the end and then went, thanks, but no thanks. Yeah, awesome. probably about three months worth. I mean, I understood it because here I am in Minnesota. We are passive aggressive people. Yeah, I understood it. I understood it completely. I'm sorry. What yeah. Freaking time. You're like, thanks, bud. <laughs> right? That's okay. That's okay. We're resilient. I'm sorry? We're resilient. Oh, sure. I wasn't going to give up now. I had already had about six months in here. (laughs) So, so then what I did is I went, uh, went to my women inventors, Facebook group club, uh, Facebook club, which is actually uh, administered by a woman who is an HSN QVC presenter and also part of the United Inventors Association. Excellent. And I've been part of this group for a while now. And they actually found, she actually found me as she was restarting the group on another Facebook group, which backstory again, once I started looking for manufacturers and started looking at as seen on TV stuff online, all of a sudden I had an as seen on TV Facebook group show up in my feed. Like, okay. (laughs) Zuckerberg's listening to everything we do. Everything we do. Sometimes it's good. In this Fair. case, they've done a really good job at, at finding places for me to go. <laughs> Other times I'd be concerned. 
So I went to my Facebook group and I said, where are you, man? Who are you using for manufacturing? I'm, I'm at a loss. I can't get anybody online to quote me. And the quotes I'm getting are for tooling of $25,000. And I'm like, I can't afford to do that. And so they told me there was a guy who actually I had seen on some other videos uh, during I watched a lot of videos, a lot of podcasts, things like that. And he also is the United Inventors Association board president. Anyway, he runs a company that's a sourcing company for manufacturing. And I got a couple of recommendations from them. And I said, you know what? I've t- I've seen him on videos. I feel like I know him already. I'm going to get, I'm going to contact him. I already feel comfortable with him. And we had the best conversation. I didn't want to manufacture in China. I, I really question what China is going to be doing in the future. And I just don't want to take a chance on it. I couldn't afford to manufacture in the U.S., even though I wanted to. Part of that was because the U.S. was expecting a lot more minimum order quantities than I could afford to go with. Which is really unfortunate because we all want to do business in our home you know, base, but you know, the fact that they make it to, you know, not really appeal to someone such as yourself, um, because it's unaffordable, you know, you can't, whatever happened to the idea of like wanting to prosper businesses, um, it's perhaps a different podcast, but, you know, <laughs> it, it does piss me off hearing that, like as somebody who's, who's eager and ready to go. And it's just like, there's nowhere for you to go here. Exactly. You know? Exactly. Um, they were expecting you to get like five to 10,000 units. And I said, I can't afford to get that many units on a product. I don't know if it's going to work. Yeah, that's a little, is, is that the norm? Like, the, is that the minimums typically? I was able to get minimum order quantity of 3,000. Mm-hmm. still South, a lot. Yeah. In South Korea. Okay. And that's a, I thought that was a friendly country. They also, I also had a, I also had a bid for, I had, Carmine gave me a bid for both South Korea and Taiwan. I was a little concerned about Taiwan, obviously, because China has been talking about going into Taiwan. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to touch that one. So I decided to go South Korea and I was able to make them for 85 cents a piece. So wow. that's the other thing. It's about half the cost to make them too than it is in the U.S. right yeah. now. Yeah. Okay. And I thought, well, as much as I'd like to be U.S. manufactured, I, I've got to start somewhere. And then he was also able to get me a really good deal on, on tooling. Uh, he suggested rather than doing two separate tools, because I have two pieces, is to just have one, one piece of steel with both pieces on it, because they're going to go together all the time. And that saved me a lot of money. I saved probably 30%. How nice to have somebody that's like on your side in that way, who's like, okay, girl, here's what I think might be worth worthwhile so this process of finding the manufacturer that works to actually having a product in hand how long did that take well i started the process in june i said let's go Mm -hmm. and i didn't get my product until the middle of december wow but i did get my samples i think in october or september maybe september and uh it was also, of course, during the supply chain. Ugh, the <laughs> damn supply chain. Like you I actually had a valid excuse of saying it was the supply chain where everyone else was just using it because you know what? It just was the best excuse for everything. 
Yes. And I even ordered, I even had a thousand of them come by air because I wanted to get them here faster. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I think it was only a couple of weeks after I got the stuff from, from this, from shipping. It was really a waste of money for me to do it that way. Yeah, no, definitely. Definitely. Wow. This is like such a journey. I, I really enjoy because it's coming from like, literally you had no idea, you know, like this, this isn't like you opened a book and you're like, okay, step one, step two. Like, this has been just like, let's just throw some shit on the wall. And like, we're going to figure out which one works and which one does not And I, I find it like, I mean, not a lot of people could do that. And, and especially like, this has been a financial, this was, this was the stretch, right? It's very much a stretch. In fact, mm-hmm. I question every day whether I should have done it in the first place. Of course you should have. Yeah, you're here now and it's awesome and you've got a product in hand to sell. Let's talk a little bit about it because I actually think it's, this is super cool. So okay. this is a diffuser. It is also a brush. It's also a styling device. Works on any type of hair, any length of hair, any texture. If you're looking to straighten, it works. If you're looking for volume, it works. If you're looking for beach waves, it works. Like, is there anything this thing can't do? Mm. I'm not really sure. I, I seriously, I seriously, yeah, I, I don't know if there is anything. At first, I would have said detangling would probably be what they couldn't do. But that's what I discovered after trying several different options to stop pulling hair out of my head after radiation damage. Mm-hmm. I tried the brush and I couldn't believe it. It worked. I had two strands in it and I didn't even have and I was my hair was detangled. I couldn't believe it. I thought, wow. And this is cool. Like, like it's yeah. like it's just like it looks just like a regular brush too, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. Well, and that um, your experience as a breast cancer survivor, I feel like that is a whole market that you probably have or could or should tap into because there is a there's a need for this. This this brush um, it gives you results without damaging the hair, without pulling it out. Right, that was part mm-hmm. of part of what ended up in the design and the fact that you used it in that time of your life successfully, I think speaks volumes. Yep. And I am, I am, I am exploring that. In fact, shortly after I discovered this use for it, I started talking to a couple of the women that have uh, breast cancer histories in my inventors group too. Mm-hmm. And one of them invited me to a group called the uh, My Breast Cancer Entrepreneur Squad. Ah. So this is a group of women who, who are in business and all of their businesses are tied to breast cancer and they are all survivors, breast cancer that's survivors. Fantastic. And that's right up your alley. Yeah, exactly. And, and it's definitely not a club that anybody wants to belong to, but but at least you know what? You can embrace it. You're on the other side. And now you've got something that for those going through this, you know, horrible time, you know, can have a little bit because that's the, the hair and, you know, even just women with thinning hair and not, you know, necessarily cancer. I mean, it's 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 a problem. And even like as we get older too, our hair, like as everything, you know, it all just the shit just starts falling apart, ladies. <laughs> so that, There's another podcast right there. 
this another podcast <laughs> for all the shit that's falling apart. But no, I think I think yeah. there's you know there's a lot of different marketing avenues and a lot of different ways that you could go with it, which I think is really cool. And the fact that it's you know not a cumbersome piece of equipment to get the results where you know a lot of us have our rolling brushes and or this and I know Stacy and I travel quite a bit and she's got an arsenal. I do. And I'm thinking about this, not only in terms of, you know, traveling, but think about how many products it could replace, whether it's the multitude of like different brushes we travel with, the the, the products that we use. And, and if we could get the same results without spending $500 on all of these different pieces that we need, that's, that's a pretty cool opportunity. Yes. And Stacy, looking at your hair, you would really do well with this brush. I clearly like volume in my hair. You do yeah, like it volume. Looks like I you probably use a round brush. Um, I I should. I'm really bad at it. So, and I get lazy. She has a so. lot of brushes. She has a today lot of brushes. I, did, I do. I have several brushes. I have three to be exact. Uh, today, I did not use a round brush. But yes, I typically do. I don't even <laughs> usually brush my hair. That's how I operate. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Stacy, you could definitely use this instead of a round brush. In fact, one of my one of my cousins bought it just for that reason, and she loves it. She huh? threw away her round brush. Yeah, I think we could all like downsize some of these brushes, and because it's not only just like the, the but it's damage, and a lot of the stuff is just damaging to our hair, which you know we don't think about until our hair starts falling out. Um, all right, so now I want to know, what do you think, I mean, we've talked about some of the struggles, but what has been the hardest part of this journey? Like from looking back to like idea to now I've got it, like what do you think is was the hardest part? Was it the manufacturing piece of it? Was it the jumping off, jumping off the cliff piece of it? Like where do you think you think the hardest part of the journey has been? Marketing. Marketing. And why do you think it's been the hardest? Just finding the avenue? Um, well, I started with Amazon for a little over a year. Huh? Didn't I even tried the, the pay-per-click advertising. I did it all correctly. I even hired somebody to do it for me. So I wouldn't have to try to figure it out myself because I was still working at this point. Uh -huh. I didn't retire until last August. So after, after my second surgery for my breast cancer, what I did is I did a symmetry surgery so that everything would be even. Mm -hmm. And that way, then my back would stop bothering me too, which I discovered was a bonus. <laughs> so many wonderful things, right? <laughs> exactly. I discovered that my my company was not uh, not supporting our group and I just couldn't do it anymore. I was working 10 to 12 hour days and I said, you know what? I can't do this. I have to have a life. Mm -hmm. And I told, my, I told my husband, I said, let's, let's try this. I don't, I don't want this to be a hobby, but I do, I do want to uh, do it right. So we hired a marketing company and that's what I've been using. Um, they, they've been doing Facebook and um, social media marketing for me. And that's where, what you'll see on Instagram and Facebook mm -hmm. and they've got Google ads for me. Are you getting the results that you're happy with? I'm very happy with what they're doing. I've seen the numbers, even though I haven't seen the sales numbers yet. Mm -hmm. I've seen the numbers and everybody, there's a ton of people that have been visiting my website. I think I got over 3000 people that have visited my website since it was up in April. Awesome. I got to remember too. It's like, you know, having that unicorn product is not really, 
it's not really reality, right? But having a product that has some sustainability and, you know, it's a little, sometimes a little bit of a slow growth, but once, once you get it out there, once you find the hiring a good marketing team and getting it right the first time is something that's like, that is a unicorn moment because that's not normal. Most of the time it takes a lot of different, you know, a lot of different spaghetti throws to find the right team that can really get you the results that you're interested in. Um, I find your story just incredible. I think that, you know, taking the risks and taking the jump and being, you know, someone who's really, you know, walked in a lot of different shoes to be able to, to get to this now and result is, is really an admirable moment. And I think a lot of women can relate out there to you. Tell us uh, your website so we can get some traffic, some more, some more visitors your way. <laughs> it's clmcreations.com. Mm-hmm. Very simple. And we'll go ahead and put that in the show notes. I mean, I find just the journey of women incredible. And I also find the ability to share those journeys equally as incredible and inspiring. And I know that uh, Stacy and I both feel incredibly inspired to be able to share space with you this week. So thank you for sharing you and your wonderful, do we call it a diffuser? What are we calling it? We're calling it the CLM Volumizer. The Volumizer. I love it. It's it's fantastic. And I can't wait for everybody to get their hands on one. Thank you. And I hope that everybody else gets out there and is inspired. <laughs>